0: I have arrived at this very simple conclusion. I believe that we're living in a time where the number one tactic of the enemy against God's people and the people of the world in general is to wear us down. And the scripture does talk about, in fact, that the tactic of the enemy in ending times is to wear down the saints. And so I believe the people who are looking at me and listening to me today, that whether you recognize it or not, I believe that we have created or we are experiencing crisis fatigue. Well, I personally believe that this predates 2020, but I think anybody who's alive on planet Earth today can say that the world started changing in 2020, and I don't know if I understand all the ways that it has changed in three short years. Because it seems like, and it feels like, and it looks like, that since 2020, one crisis after another. Boom, 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 boom. Not just here in America. All around the world, it seems that the world is in crises. The scripture says that the earth groans for the sons of God. I believe that when things get shaky... It can go real bad or it can go real good. i got a few faith people. Let me, try, let me try over here. Let me see if I can find some more faith people over here. That when things get shaky and difficult, it can either go real good or it can go real bad. I read all through the Old Testament that when times get tough and the days become desperate, it's either going to go really bad or God might just come through and change everything forever. Slavery only lasted for so long for the people of Israel. But finally, one day God said, I've heard the cries of my people. It was going real bad until God got involved. What did God do? He raised up a man. Let me try over here. When it got rough, God raised up a man. Pick any story out of the Old Testament. When the priesthood was corrupted, when the kingdom was defiled, what happened? God would raise up a man. He would raise up a woman to do what? To lead his people back to a place of life. When I look at the world today and I see people suffering from crisis fatigue, part of my pastoral heart feels the pain and feels the struggle, the strife, the contention, the pulling, the the rubbing that life is difficult. But then there's the other part of me and my spirit man that becomes stirred up Because I always heard this that when it's quiet, it's good hunting. And when it's dry, it's good conditions for a fire. And that the precursor to revival is always repentance. And that weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I have good news for believers. You may hear me talking about crisis fatigue, and you may say, yes, I think I know what you're talking about. Or you may overwhelmingly say, yes, that's me. Well, guess what? There is a way forward for you and for your family. Having done all to stand, stand. The scripture doesn't say stand until it gets pretty tough, and then you can lay down and quit. You lose when you quit. You lose when you quit. As long as you're still standing, as long as you get up, as long as you keep showing up, guess what? You're winning. As long as you got air in your lungs to speak, you're winning. All right, we're going to get there. Believers lose the battle of crisis fatigue when we have no safe place, when we have no fortress to run into, when we don't have a home where our souls can rest. See, I believe that a home is more than a physical dwelling place. I believe home is an environment that you can create and I think that when we allow the world to infiltrate and to complicate our homes that's when we begin losing when we have no place to recoup and recover I want to remind the gate church today that it's okay to be tired it's okay to be weary I always heard people say this growing up. I feel thin. Not thin like a supermodel. I feel thin. It's like I hadn't had enough to eat. I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm worn down. Feeling pretty thin. It's okay. For a little while. The kingdom life... The saved life, the redeemed life, is not a life of survival. Jesus didn't come to give life and just barely life enough. He came to give life and life more abundantly. He came to give us the same life that he had. That even when he found himself in a grave, he was able to do what? stand up and walk out under his own power. I don't know if you heard what I just said. See, when Jesus got up from the grave, it didn't take two legions of angels to come down and pick him up and drag him out. No, he stood up and walked out under his own power. One of the actual ways we know this, they found his grave closed what? folded up neatly in the grave. He had enough wherewithal that he stood up and said, that time is over. He took that old dead season off, folded it up and laid it down and said, okay, that's real nice. Now we're going on with my life. I need to tell somebody today that you can live. You can make it. You can have a life of abundance and prosperity not just in your pocketbook. I believe that you are called, made, and destined to be God's people who you are not just blessed, but you are fulfilled in your soul. And that whether there is peace or war, whether there's famine or feasting, Paul says it this way, Whether I have little or I have much, I have learned to be at peace. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I want to remind you believers that when the news is tough, when the bank account is thin, when the pantry is thin, and when it's cold outside, don't you forget who you have living on the inside of you. Because you may have let Joe Biden talk. You may have let Tucker Carlson talk, Joe Rogan, the ladies of the view. You may have let Donald Trump talk to you. God help us all. Oh, who would have thought that we'd look back and yearn for the days of Walter Cronkite? <laughs> God bring us Walter back. We've let all these people talk. But have you let the master have his word and have his say? Because I love those ladies and I love those men. But I tell you one thing that ain't none of them ever done. And that is walked out of a grave. I appreciate difference of opinion and perspective but I really need to hear the perspective and the opinion of one whom death could not conquer I need to hear from the one that he shone in the darkness and the darkness couldn't comprehend him I wonder have we given him a say I wonder it's okay to be tired and weary, but Matthew 11, Jesus Himself says this: "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." That's His promise to us. But now I'm going to lean in a little bit on what He said. I get my pen with my pointer and make sure I read it just right. Come to. Me. I'm just going to circle that. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, arrow, arrow. Come to who? Let me challenge you. I'm a big believer in mental health. You won't find a bigger advocate for mental health than me. I have fought battles and waged war on that frontier that are difficult for a lot of people to comprehend. Here is something that I have learned about mental health. You need to understand it, pay attention to it, give it its due, however. A lie of the enemy is that God in God's house is somehow taxing for my mental health. I love you enough to confront you with the truth that if you need a break from church for your mental health to recover, you're coming to church for the wrong reason and the wrong person. Oh, yeah, see, I'm getting real close. I feel it right there. I feel a little bit of tension, so let me just break some more ice off of that one right there. Let me let you in on a secret. There has never been not one time ever that I have found myself in the presence of the Lord that I got up and walked away less than, than when I came. He is a God of life and life more abundantly. You need to take your medication, see your therapist and get your prayer partners. But guess what? There is only one who makes life with his words and his name is Jesus When times are tough and the brain is struggling, run to the altar, run to the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, heal me, restore me, and fill me up. There's a time for getting away. I'm a big believer in that. There's a time for getting away. I do that myself I practice that myself the time away is for what purpose to remind ourselves and to practice that Jesus is not our job Jesus is not our job Jesus is my creator. He's the one who knew me and formed me in my, fo- in my mother's womb. He's the one who called me in my mother's womb, same as he did you. He's the one that with word and that he gave breath into the world, and that's how come we're all here. I believe Pastor Ben was telling me a couple of weeks ago, it's the Seminole tribe, their name for God is the breath maker. I love that. The breath maker, God of heaven and earth, formed me and you out of the dust of the ground, and he went. And that breath is still breathing in me and you. It has carried on and on and on and on and on and on. The breath of God. There's only one who causes life to come and boil up within me. There's only one who gives me my breath. And he's not my job. He's the lover of my soul. He's the captain of my ship. He's the shepherd of his sheep. He's not my job. He's my father. He's my brother. He's my friend. He's my king. And he's my master. He's not my job. He is the center of my life. And my house starts to become a prison. Not when the money's tight. And not when the tone between husband and wife is difficult. My house becomes a prison when Jesus is not the center of my life.